pro tip for any adults <laughs> before you turn your oven on, check your oven for toys. <laughs> we have a we had three melted toys in the oven and i was like preheating the oven there and i'm like what smells and i opened the oven to put my what was i put in there like veggies in there i totally oh we were, yeah like a casserole dish and his train set um bridge was in there melting all over the oven and a nerf football and a bag of berries Hey, what's happening, you guys? Welcome back to the Proclivity Podcast. I am so pumped about this podcast because I have some of my favorite people on it. First and foremost, my name is Joel Cochran. I'm the host of the Proclivity Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host. This is one of the really special people in my life, Emily Rodella. She's my business partner, co-host of the Proclivity Podcast, and... We're so excited because we have Shelby Christie, the one and only, also on our podcast today. Shelby is an extraordinary individual. She has gone through the proclivity method herself, and now she is part of our team. She is a movement specialist. She's also our head programmer. She's incredible. She works with men. She works with women. She works with pregnant women. She works with people coming off the couch, people who are elite athletes. So excited to be able to have her on the show today. One, to be able to introduce to the world who Shelby Christie is. And number two is to be able to talk about exercise while being pregnant because Shelby is soon going to be giving birth to her little guy. And it's going to be an incredible thing. And she's been exercising all the way through it. And so we're going to get the top tips. If you're pregnant or you're about to get pregnant or you're thinking about getting pregnant and you're like, well, what's going to happen to, you know, my body, what's going to happen to my exercise routine. We can tend to get really caught in that and really scared of what's going to change along with many other things. But we're going to talk about that today, guys. We're going to, we're going to talk about the experiences that both Emily and Shelby had through pregnancy and exercise the different uh, beliefs when it comes to exercise um, while pregnant. And then they're going to give you your, their pro tips. They've been through it. They have been in the fitness world for a very long time. And so they're going to give you your, their pro tips to it. So I'm really excited about diving in. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Shelby Christie. Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Very excited to have you here as well. How pregnant are you right now? I'm super pregnant. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, 36 weeks. So uh, this dude could come anytime starting in like three days. So fingers crossed that it's sooner rather than later. But you're ready. You're ready. I'm ready. It, it, yep. I, I mean, I've never been pregnant. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Not yet. Yeah. And it's surprising, I know. And I, I can only imagine uh, the feeling that you're at right now being pregnant for this long. Uh, what was the what was the journey for you in pregnancy? 
Like, was it like, oh, beginning, this is super exciting. I love it. Oh, uh, man, I don't like being sick in the morning. Like, what, what were the phases that you went through? It was a lot harder than I anticipated just from the beginning. And it wasn't so much the physical part of it that was hard as the mental part of it that was really hard. Um, I was lucky I never like vomited in my first trimester. I dealt with some pretty decent nausea. Um, mm -hmm. The changes happening in your body from like day one of pregnancy is really what was uh, – a, a huge mental challenge um, from the get-go, like just being exhausted all the time that first trimester. I was like, I just remember being like, this is not who I am. Like I am an energetic person. I'm not somebody who's super tired. And I was so fatigued and felt like I couldn't do a whole lot. And then just like the way your body starts changing, like so quickly, like being able to like you, I'm like, oh my gosh, I look so pregnant. Even I was like seven weeks pregnant. I'm like, I look so pregnant. No, I didn't. But to me, I, I felt like I did because I was noticing all of those changes so quickly. And uh, so those were like the mental part of it was like, it was such a mental game of being able to say like, yes, my body's changing. It has to change. That's a good thing. My body's making room to create life and to sustain life for the next nine months, you know? Um, so that was definitely the hardest part was um, switching my mindset of not just my, the changes like physically to my body are okay, but also, Hey, it's okay that I'm slowing down. It's okay that I'm taking a lot of naps. It's okay that I'm working out a little less or a little less intense. Um, you know, any of those things. So really it was a mental game for a long time. And then second trimester hit, that's when it became more of a physical game of like, wow, like my belly is actually big now. It's kind of getting in the way. How do I modify my workouts? My energy was back. I felt great. Um, and yet I was, you know, really having to change how I moved, how I tied my shoes. I had to sit down to put my pants on, you know, like these little things that again, were like, okay, this is new. How do I approach this with, with like curiosity and excitement instead of like, I can't believe that I'm like, can't believe I have to do this. I can't believe I have to ask for help to put my shoes on. You know, I can't believe I, I'm working out without shoes on today because I couldn't bend over and put them on myself. Um, so, so I would say, yeah, first trimester was totally mental. Second trimester was a lot more physical. Um, now that we're in the third trimester and getting real close, uh, it's both because, you know, you're, belly's just getting bigger and bigger and getting more and more in the way. Uh, sleep is not easy. <laughs> mm. Um, all of the things are not easy, but I'm also used to it at this point. And so, um, so I'm able to like change the way I do things and be like, okay, this is kind of my new normal. You know, this is the way that I do this daily thing now. Um, and it's not a big deal, but also mentally preparing for like, all right, I'm about to give birth. Like I'm, <laughs> real close for this happening. How can I prepare myself mentally for the biggest, you know, physical event that has ever, that I've ever done. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where it's been. And that's been the journey. It's been, I've learned a lot, <laughs> still learning a lot. And I know that I'm just starting this learning journey uh, after talking to M about, you know, her birth experience and the experiences that she has being a mom. I know that, um, you know, the things that you learn in pregnancy, it's really just the beginning. So. Wow. 
Awesome. That you, you mentioned things, right? That, I mean, we touch in the, in the proclivity method, right? There's a piece of mental and there's a piece of physical there. Um, and I can only imagine like your body is literally physically changing. And mentally that can be really difficult, particularly for somebody like the both of you who have been very fit throughout your entire lifetime, you know, and now all of a sudden there's this transformation. There's different, there's different curves. There's a different weight on the scale. There's so many different changes that are happening. The mental side of that I'm sure could be challenging. I, I, I can't speak upon it. Um, yet I'm, I'm curious, Emily, did you have, did you relate to anything that Shelby was saying there? And what was your experience as well, both mental and physical? Yeah. The two, the top two that come to mind in the beginning was, um, was one, the physical side of like this, it's like this awkward stage when you first are pregnant, the first trimester where you like, if people don't know you're pregnant, like mentally that can, if for me, that was a struggle. Cause I was like, Oh, I'd like look a little, you know, bigger, like with people who don't know, like what, you know, this it's silly stuff because like you said, you know, this is a good thing. You're pregnant. Like this all makes total sense, but it still mentally was a struggle to be like wearing a tight shirt in that first trimester, um, mentally to, to be out in public. And in that, again, I call it an awkward stage, which I would like to rename that, but <laughs> that's what it felt like. Um, so that was a big mental piece. And then the second piece for me was, um, mentally still with, you know, influence, right. What our culture would say about, Oh, what you should do or not do while you're pregnant. I had a lot of people, like I was coaching CrossFit at the time. And I, in the first trimester, I did a handstand and demonstrated a handstand, uh, push up, And only one person in class knew I was pregnant at that time. And he, after he's like, Emily, don't do that. Why are you doing that? I'm like, like kind of freaked out. I was like, it's okay. Like I feel good in my body. I'm, you know, it's fine. <laughs> and so, but then it also made me second guess myself at the same time. Right. So I tend to, to get influenced by outside stuff like that. And so it makes me often question myself. So that was the other challenge for me of like, should I be doing this? Right. It felt, I felt good, but should I be like, and you know, you hear all the different things of like, Oh, don't get your, your heart rate over this amount. You should be able to talk while you're working out, like all the different little things. And so those were the two main challenges. And I know, I know Shelby can relate to that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can, it's so funny, like, right. Coming from a male of like, should you be doing that? You know, like I, the amount of influences that's coming from so many different angles, I'm sure can feel maybe even slightly overwhelming. And that's the point of this podcast is to be able to talk about those who are just getting into this, maybe first trimester or second trimester, what are they supposed to be doing when it comes to exercise? And so I first want to just address this, okay? This is my question to, to you, Shelby. Should we or should we not be exercising while pregnant and why? You should be. <laughs> You should be exercising um, as long as it feels good. So, you know, in that first trimester, like I said, I worked out a lot less. I had a lot less intense workouts because of the fatigue and the nausea and all that stuff. Um, and then as you get closer towards the end of your pregnancy and your energy zapped again, um, working out less makes total sense is, is what you should be doing, giving your body more rest. Uh, yet we should be working out through the entire pregnancy. 
Um, there have been so many studies that show that working out through your pregnancy is super good for the baby, super good for the development of the baby. It's also really good for you and preparing your body for birth, keeping your pelvis open, um, keeping things loose and mobile, maintaining that strength, maintaining the mentality, um, the endurance, all of that kind of stuff. So working out during pregnancy is really good for you. Uh, and yeah, like you were saying, there's some quote unquote wisdom out there that says that you shouldn't work out during pregnancy. Um, that's been debunked in a bunch of different places. So yes, we should be working out during pregnancy. Emily, what do you think? You went through it. And you, there was a point where uh, I see videos of you uh, in your Birkenstocks um, with Dansby growing straight out and you were still exercising. You're still moving. I mean, like when we're getting to like third trimester, should we be squatting, right? Should we be doing barbell movements, uh, dumbbells, push-ups? Like, is that dangerous? <laughs> Yeah, I did get a lot of people reaching out to me when I was doing is a specific workout with like a weighted barbell and lunges and squats and um like are are you sure you should be doing that? And I'm like, yeah, I feel good. And so my my main advice there is yes, we should be moving like Shelby said to what feels good for you. And I've been doing CrossFit for 10 plus years and I I knew I know what my body uh what, when it feels safe and not safe. And you learn that through the different stages of pregnancy. And there were times, of course, it was like, oh, am I pushing it a little too hard? But I was like, mm, let me pause here, take a deep breath, check in with my body. And the biggest piece for me was to make sure that I was breathing and bracing properly in those more advanced movements. So the bottom of a squat, anytime I had an added weight, I just made sure I was breathing and bracing properly. And I could feel if it was feeling unstable or not, or so unstable or strong, right? And so anytime I felt unstable, I just stopped or I took the weight off or I modified right. it. And so that's the what, key there. What, what do you mean by that though? I, I want to be clear with that because you know your body very well because you've done fitness for a very long time. What do you mean by breathing and bracing? Mm, yeah. So this is actually something I was not fully aware of before I got pregnant. So, um, when you become pregnant and especially as your belly expands, your, your abs separate essentially and makes room for the baby. And so if you are not properly bracing your core, and this, for example, when at the bottom of a squat, if you don't take, you know, if you don't breathe properly at the beginning of a squat and breathe properly at the end of it and throughout it, the whole process, and it's hard to, Shelby might be able to explain this better, but you, there's like videos, teachers on this entire thing of breathing and bracing in when we are contracting and doing harder things under load. Um, if we aren't doing that properly, it can lead to worsened diastasis. It can lead to worsened pelvic floor, um, health in general. And so that's where, that's where a lot of people are like, Oh, just don't work out because they're, they're scared of prolapse or scared of pelvic, like peeing after pregnancy and diastasis and all the things. And so we just want to be more aware of like what that is. And I was still like the whole first half of my pregnancy still confused of like, am I doing this right? And so I recommend learning about that and specifically going to see someone in person at least once to see if you're actually doing it properly. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. And I, that's what I want to dive into because, you know, we want to be able to, to address the fears when it comes to exercise, right? Before and after, you know, a lot of women are like, man, I can't run now after I've had 
my child, or I did have prolapse, or my I, I have this diastasis, and it they've all heard it, mostly. And without the proper knowledge, it can be really terrifying, right? So, Shelby, do you want to speak on the the bracing and the breathing and and really those like big fears? I would say, and again, I'm I'm projecting here, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, some of the biggest fears when it comes to your body is the diastasis, is the prolapse, is the the um, um, Trouble, trouble urinating or holding your bladder is are those kind of like the top ones is there any ones i'm missing here yeah those are the main ones uh emily hit on something that i want to talk about really quickly and she talked about how she was comfortable with those barbell movements because she's been doing crossfit for a long time and i think that that's something really important to acknowledge is that if you are somebody who you you know you work out in your garage you just use you use dumbbells uh, maybe you do yoga or pilates Pregnancy is not the time to introduce a barbell, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to be, you don't want to say, okay, well, I'm pregnant and I want to get in super good shape when I'm pregnant, or I want to, you know, maintain my BMI or whatever it is and start going hard with workouts that you are not comfortable with. At the end of the day, your body is changing. Your ligaments are relaxing. Um, you're a little less stable. Your core is less stable, all of these things. So you don't want to introduce movements that you aren't comfortable with, you know, like you think about your belly growing out. And if you think about, uh, pulling the bar up to your shoulders, right. If you're doing, you're trying to get into a squat position or you're doing clean or any of those things, your belly's in the way. And so if you're not already really used to those movements and making those adjustments, that's not a super safe move for you, right? So what's safe for Emily, and I totally believe that she was doing what was safe for her, you know, might not be safe for somebody who isn't used to those movements. And so being able to recognize where was I at pre-pregnancy? What do I feel comfortable doing pre-pregnancy and being able to take those same kind of movements into your pregnancy is super important. Um, so maintaining dumbbells, uh, using, using dumbbells, using, um, you know, resistance bands, that kind of thing. If you're, if you're used to Pilates, if Pilates is your main, uh, form of exercise, continuing to do Pilates and modifying certain movements, those kinds of things, that's super important for working out. Um, and that's where some people, get a little bit like you were saying, Emily, of the like, should you be doing that? And some people shouldn't be. That's like straight up the honest truth. Like some people shouldn't be doing the things that Emily was doing. Um, however, that doesn't mean that nobody should do it. You know, you look at Tia Claire Toomey, six time fittest woman on earth. She was doing CrossFit up until the week she gave birth and she was doing like hard workouts because she has been doing that for so long. She knows how to do it safely. She knows what her body needs. She knows how to modify, you know, those kinds of things. So that's super important um, first and foremost. And then when it comes to like the diastasis, there's this like fear around diastasis that makes me as a, as a coach training pregnant postpartum women, it makes me sad and a little angry at the messaging out there. You know, like you look at all these things where it's like how to avoid diastasis. You literally cannot avoid diastasis. Like a hundred percent of women who carry babies to term will experience diastasis. And it's just your abs, your diastasis, uh, your rectus abdominis separating 
in order to make room for your baby. Like if your abs don't do that, your baby has nowhere to go. And so it's the most natural thing. It has to happen. We should be glad that it's happening because it means that there's room for baby to grow. And also you can, there are certain uh, movements like Emily was saying, like breathing, bracing uh, methods that help diastasis to close back up after birth in a really healthy way. So, um, you know, diastasis after you give birth, it can continue to be separated. Um, and that's generally what women are trying to avoid is the separation after baby. They want it to close back up immediately. And for some women it does. And for some women, some women it doesn't. And that is like, there are so many different factors that go into that. Um, it's not just, how you breathe, how you breathe or how you brace during workouts. You know, it's also what movements are you doing? It's also how did your baby grow? <laughs> like Emily, like Emily's experience with Dansby, he grew straight out. Like that's going to be a lot harder of a diastasis to quote unquote heal um, than a baby that kind of grows, you know, <laughs> laterally. Um, it's what's your birth experience? How, how long did you push? Did you have a C-section? Did you have a vaginal birth? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And so we look at those things and we, the biggest thing I think is we have to dispel the fear around things like that, you know, dispel the fear around diastasis, dispel the fear around your body changing, dispel the fear around, um, like having to modify these workouts. You know, those are things that are normal and natural and healthy in pregnancy. Um, but yeah, like she was saying, like, how do we adjust our breathing um, to protect not just the diastasis, but also as Emily was saying, the pelvic floor, that's going to be like, I could go on so many soapboxes about the pelvic floor, right? Your pelvic floor, it's the muscles that hold everything uh, in basically. And so for women, th the pressure of growing a baby puts a lot of pressure on the pelvic floor and puts a lot of strain on the pelvic floor. Then when it comes time to pushing, you're putting even more strain on the pelvic floor. And so when you're working out with that baby, the weight going down on your pelvic floor, if you're not aware of it and you're not trying to protect your pelvic floor, you're putting more pressure unnecessarily on it, which is going to make it harder for your pelvic floor to kind of come back after delivery. Um, that's where you're going to get some of the incontinence. That's where you're going to get the pelvic organ prolapse, those kinds of things. And there's this myth that if you have those symptoms, it's because you have a weak pelvic floor. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you have a uh, overly tight pelvic floor. So it's not weak. It's just working all the time. It's like if you're holding a bicep curl and you just hold it and you hold it and you hold it, like you're not going to be able to continue curling that heavy muscle because your muscles fatigued. Right. So that's a really common um, experience for women with their pelvic floor is not just a weak pelvic floor, but an overactive pelvic floor. And that's kind of where some of the misinformation can kind of come into with, with pelvic floor health during pregnancy is, oh, just do your Kegels, just strengthen your pelvic floor, just tighten it. You want to like brace and all that. And sometimes we just need to breathe and loosen it and let it do its thing. We have to have the full loosening of it in order for it to contract well, you know? And so, um, there's, there's, there's my little soapbox spiel, but, um, as far as like breathing, like you want to be able to breathe, completely lengthen your pelvic floor, completely release everything, and then have a slight contraction in order to like what Emily was saying, like keep everything uh, stable and uh, uh, support you well through those, through those movements and that kind of thing. So. 
Yeah, that, that's so that's so interesting. Of like, I love that example. I mean, as somebody who has been in the exercise and fitness and rehabilitation world for so long, you know, when it comes to athletes who come up and back, oh, my back, my back's hurting, and I check their glute med, and their glute med's not firing off because yes, it was constantly under tension, under tension, then it just released. It was like, I, I can't hold this any longer. And so now the back is taking over to be able to have normal function of the body. And then we have create this uh, dysfunction, this pattern that's, that's in, inappropriate um, or isn't healthy, I should say, and getting somebody to refire that glute meat or that certain muscle to stabilize again. Is that the same kind of thought process with the pelvic floor? Yeah, totally. Got you. Got you. And so, you know, let's get to the, to some nitty gritty here, ladies. And, you know, if people are listening and they're hearing this, they're going, okay, great. This, this is feeling a little bit better of understanding this yet. What is, what should it look like if they're sitting here like, but, but I have questions like, what am I supposed to be talking about pelvic floor? Am I supposed to be breathing six times a day? Right. Am, am I when I'm bracing? Like, should I be bracing where I'm just standing? Should I like, Let's get to the nitty gritty of what it should look like, what your experiences have been um, going through pregnancy um, so that people can kind of get a blueprint. So let's, let's do this. I'm, I'm curious in this. Let's just look at high level at this point of what did your exercise look like throughout your pregnancy? Was it two times a week for starting off in trimester, you know, one, or was it, no, your normal workout regimen five times a week doing the same thing. And then trimester two, it was like, okay, we back down. I started adjusting this and then trimester three. Now it really started getting adjusted. I'm now two times, or maybe I'm still five times. I, I want to hear from both of you. Um, so, um, let's, let's start off with Emily. Emily, what, what was your experience? You, you, you went through the whole darn thing, right? Uh, Shelby's right at the finish line right now. Uh, so give us what, what you did during trimester one, two, and three. Yeah. For one, uh, yeah, same as Shelby, I just had a lack of energy. So I would just scale back. The intensity was the main focus and listen to my body. Like, there are days where I'd feel a little better, but days where I felt way lower energy and I would just scale accordingly, but I would still stick to the same amount of days. There may have been some days where I, I skipped here and there or just did a really short body weight workout if I was really low energy. Mm -hmm. For the most part, I was still trying to move my body daily, um, but with extra sleep, lower intensity were the main keys for the first trimester. Second was more energy, the probably the most, but modification of a lot of like core type stuff. Um, so working out five to seven days a week second trimester, but modification, learning that bracing specifically and modifying the workouts, probably a lower weight as well. And third trimester, my straight up goal, third trimester was five minutes a day, every day. That was it. There were days I had better energy than others. And I took advantage of those days and did the more challenging workouts that felt safe and good to me. And then there were days where I felt like doing absolutely nothing. Um, but I had a non-negotiable with myself of five minutes. I would hop on the bike or five minute walk or five minute of like air squats and lunges. And so third trimester was like way more slowed down. Mm. And how long would you work out for in like trimester? I mean, you kind of said in trimester three, but like trimester one, trimester two, was it still like 60 minute workouts, 45 minute workouts, 30 minutes? Yeah. First trimester, I was still, it was, I still call it my CrossFit days. So I was doing 
an hour long workout probably. Um, and then the days I was really low energy, it was like probably shorter, 20, 30 minutes. Um, and then second trimester still going pretty strong with those, but probably again, less intensity, but for 30 to 60 minutes and then third trimester, it was like 30 minutes tops, but again, like, so five to 30 minutes in the third trimester. And I'm curious with this, with you, Emily and, and Shelby, I want to get your opinion here in just a sec. If somebody is going to say a Pilates class, that's 60 minutes long or 45 minutes long, and you don't necessarily have that energy. What are you supposed to do? Like you were lucky, Emily, you had access to a gym so you could jump into group class. But then if you didn't want to, you kind of were able to go into the back and do your own workout. What do you suggest there? Because again, both of you are, are quite unique. If I'm like, I love Pilates or I love cycling and that's just what I did. And I want to keep doing that. I want my community to go forward, but I'm, what are they supposed to do? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put my input too. And, uh, it first and then Shelby can, but for me, it's like, you got to put the ego aside and take breaks and stop when you don't feel good. Like let the class continue. You know, you best pause, breathe, take more breaks, take it slow if you need to. And I would say like the biggest thing I see in a lot of group classes where there's pregnant women and they're just not aware of the breathing, bracing and when they need to take a break. And so that's why I recommend seeing someone in person to teach you the breathing, the bracing, all the things, the modifications for you and what that literally looks like. Because I, I, I see it a lot in group classes where there's pregnant women doing sit-ups and I'm like, that, that scares me a little bit. <laughs> so I'm knowing those boundaries there. And really the best thing I recommend is just to see someone to get that, that education for yourself, whether it be a Pilates instructor, a CrossFit instructor who's certified or ha is familiar with pregnancy and postpartum, Shelby. Um, and so those would be the biggest things is like, take your time, like essentially be in your own world, checking with yourself constantly throughout that and take breaks. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The, uh, the courage to be able to go 30 minutes is enough, you know, and being able to talk to your coaches about that and being able to say, Hey, I'm gonna do half of this class. And then I'm gonna go do the rest of the 30 minutes. I'm gonna do breathing and bracing and my own thing over here at that. I was prescribed from my, you know, pre or post, right, uh, coach. And I will add one more thing. Um, if that, for me, there were times pre while pregnant and postpartum that was hard mentally. I ha I'm competitive in nature when it comes to group class. So I just didn't go to group class for a while. <laughs> or when I knew like, oh, that's a tougher workout. That's going to be hard for me mentally to scale. I just didn't mm. go. I did my own thing in my gym, zero eyes on me. That was helpful for me mentally. Okay, cool. Shelby, I, I, I want to hear what you did. First trimester, second, yeah. third, give it to us. So first trimester, like I was saying, I was fatigued, super tired. Um, again, pretty nauseous. So I, I probably worked out three to four days a week. Um, once I started working out, I felt pretty good. So I was able to maintain a lot of the intensity that I had pre-pregnancy once I was warmed up. Um, again, I was listening to my body. So on those days where I was like, I'm not having it, I scaled back and I wasn't afraid to stop mid-workout and say, this isn't working for me today. How can I scale this workout to meet me where I'm at today? So I was working out, yeah, like I said, three to four days a week, maintaining around 60 minute workouts. Um, that was what felt good for me. 
I found that working out actually helped my nausea a lot. So that was a good little incentive for me to work out of like on those days where I was like, really just don't want to reminding myself, Hey, movement is going to make me feel better. And, you know, getting myself into the garage or into the gym to, to get um, some movement in always (laughs) without fail, always made me feel better. And, uh, so that, was really helpful. Um, and yeah, like Emily was saying, just like listening to my body on that day and, uh, getting that intense 60 minutes in when I could and lowering the intensity, lowering the time when, um, it didn't feel awesome. Second trimester. Um, well, I should say first trimester, I continued doing all of the same moves that I had pre-pregnancy. So I was still using the bar, still doing cleans. I was still doing, uh, front squats, still doing burpees, box jumps, all that kind of stuff. Um, second trimester hit. And that's when I really like when your belly starts kind of getting in the way, things start to feel a little less stable. That's when I started modifying a lot. So I modified a lot of my movements. I took out, um, all of my jumping because that didn't feel awesome for my pelvic floor. And I was aware of like, Hey, maintaining pelvic floor health is a lot more important than me doing this box jump right now. So I'm going to do that. Um, because I had the most energy, I was still working out four days a week on average. Um, those were like 45 to 60 minute workouts. Now that I'm in the third trimester, uh, walking up the stairs isn't a workout for me. <laughs> so I've really dialed it back. Um, this, the third trimester I'm working out about three days a week and they're 30 minute max kind of workouts, really low intensity. Um, just kind of getting, like strength movements in working dumbbells, squats, lunges, all of those things as they feel good. So that's kind of been uh, my experience. I think it's super important in talking about our experience and what Emily and I have done to remember that each person is so different. And some people are going to feel good enough to work out five to seven days a week throughout their whole pregnancy. Some people who have maybe a more challenging pregnancy, they're going to work out one or two days a week and that's awesome for them. Um, so yeah, I think it's helpful to know what other people are doing and also to be able to say like, Hey, maybe not for me. Um, and just because I'm not hitting something that somebody else is doing, doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong. Doesn't mean I'm not doing enough, uh, anything like that. And Joel answering the question of what you had about like, well, what if I do Pilates? You know, I think being able to tell the person leading the class that you're doing, Hey, I'm pregnant and I'm going to take it easy, you know, because a lot of, uh, trainers, uh, class instructors, that kind of thing. Their goal is to make you push yourself. And that's super helpful for most people, (laughs) um, in pregnancy, like that's not the time to be pushing your boundaries and like, go, go, go. How, how hard can I do this? How long can I hold this? You know? So being able to stand up for yourself and say, Hey, I'm pregnant. When I stop, I'm going to stop. And expecting the trainers to respect that boundary that you're setting, um, and also sticking to it for yourself. I think it's help. I think it's healthy and helpful to push yourself a little bit, but in pregnancy, like it's not the time to be going, you know, as hard as you can for as long as you can. So, um, standing up for yourself and saying, Hey, look, um, this is what I'm going to do is, um, is a really helpful thing. Mm, Yes. We say it in the proclivity method quite often standing up to yourself we tend to, you know, catch ourselves and be like, oh, well, that'll be really rude if I say something or I don't want to disrupt class or all we need to do is stand up to ourselves because we're the ones saying that. 
not for ourselves, but to ourselves. And when we are able to accomplish that, guys, we feel very strong with the position that we're standing on because it's something that we believe in. And that's that's really, really important. Um, I love this. This is this has been super great. Um, and I know that people who are listening are, are definitely taking some really incredible stuff out of this. Let's let's go to the pro tips. I love giving pro tips. And so do everybody who listens, right? Give me the give me the juice. Tell me the thing that you did that just made exercising while pregnant, you know, the best. So I asked you guys both before we started this podcast, like, hey, I, I'm very curious. What would be your top pro tips? They could be big things, small things. You could be hiring coaches. It could be sleep. It could be all, all the things. What are your top three pro tips when it comes to exercising while pregnant? Shelby, go. My first tip is to surround yourself with a supportive and knowledgeable team. So finding a trainer who is experienced and or certified in coaching pregnant and postpartum athletes. Um, like I was saying, a lot of trainers are just going to try to prescribe the same things to pregnant and postpartum athletes that they do people who are not, and that's not super helpful. So having somebody who's, uh, certified and has experience in that is super helpful. That way they can talk about your breathing strategies, your bracing strategies, what are some modifications you can do, that kind of thing. Um, so I would say that, and also finding, um, a pelvic floor, uh, physical therapist is super helpful, um, throughout pregnancy. And then also continuing postpartum, they'll be able to tell you, like you either have an overactive or a weak pelvic floor. Hey, how can we help, uh, to, um, meet you where you're at for your pelvic floor health. That way you're not doing things that are not really helpful for you specifically. So um, surrounding yourself with a team is my number one uh, tip. Uh, my second one is to prioritize rest as much as possible. So um, like I said, like I love working out during pregnancy. I think it's super important. And there are also days where I get home and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's a rest day. We're going to sit on the couch and take a nap today. And that's just as important too, because of the energy expenditure of growing a baby. So prioritizing rest is a huge one. Um, and the third one is to not be afraid. And I think this goes both ways. Like don't be afraid to work out and to move because you are capable. And also don't be afraid to modify and to scale um, because that's also super appropriate in pregnancy. So being able to like ask yourself like, okay, what am I am I afraid of something in this, in this moment? Am I afraid of hurting my baby if I lift over 20 pounds? Or am I afraid of looking like a failure if I don't do this prescribed workout? Like being able to check in with yourself and say, what am I afraid of? And, and like gently overcoming that fear and gently like rewriting that fear so that you can say, yes, I am capable. And yes, I can modify. I love it. Yeah. The rest, the breast component is huge. I mean, we, we talk about it a lot in the proclivity method in the very first week of how important rest is when you're not growing a child inside of you. Even more important when you are growing a child is being able to be able to cater to yourself and be able to find that rest. I, I love those. All right, Emily, it's same, different. What do you got? 
I do have one that overlaps with Shelby and I'll leave that for last. Cause I think it's the most important. Um, first Birkenstocks <laughs> to me that lowered the barrier to entry, to work out, to move my body in general daily, because at one point it was hard to tie my shoes. My shoes start, didn't fit. And so Birkenstocks were very helpful. <laughs> um, the other, uh, number two was my five minute rule, because just like Shelby said, I did have a lot of nausea and days where I was like, I just don't feel good. Like very low motivation, but every single time I moved my body in some way, I felt so much better. And so use that as motivation, knowing like, Hey, if I just get started, if I just do five minutes, I'm going to feel better. Mm. That was key mentally for me. Um, and then lastly is the one that overlaps with Shelby find someone who knows what they're doing and talking about to look at you. It's worth the money to get the one-on-one -on -one with the, the pelvic floor PT or the certified pregnant and postpartum athlete. Um, just so you know how to brace. And so it gives you confidence to move forward in doing what you want to do. I love it. I love it. The one that I would say again, I've never been pregnant is to be able to have that accountability have, have a tribe behind you. You know, we have, a, we have a saying, you know, what gets scheduled gets done and also put your money where your mouth is. We tend to say the things that we want, but it gets really scary when it comes to putting the money where, where your mouth is, because when you put your money there, you put your energy there, you put your thoughts there, you will see the results. It's how it works and getting a team and investing the time and investing the money you do not have to do this alone. And I highly suggest that you don't, right? This is, this is a proud plug to Shelby because it's not, there's no shame to it, right? This is pride. We have a lot of pride of having Shelby on our team that if you need somebody to help you walk through those, those, uh, trimesters one, two, and three, Shelby can walk you all the way through it. She can help you prepare you for it post pre post. And she has people that she can refer you to when it comes to PTs and kind of comes to any of this stuff to prepare yourself for this incredible, um, and beautiful part of life. And so if you are interested in learning more, Shelby, what should their first step be if they're like, man, I don't have a coach. I didn't think about having a coach, but now talk hearing this, I'm interested. What they what should they do? Uh, reach out to me, <laughs> Shelby at proclivity.co is my email. Um, love working with pregnant postpartum uh, women and athletes, and um, being able to encourage them and support them. So, yeah, reach out to me. Um, there are also certified coaches all around. So if you look up. Um, certified coaches in your area. If you're not in the Reno area, you want to see somebody one-on-one, -on -one, um, look up uh, certified coaches and try to connect with them. Um, again, try to get in, in with a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, we have some really good ones here in Reno. There are a bunch of them all around. It's a like really up and coming um, practice. Uh, so there's a lot of, of people who are out there um, offering those services. So those are my two plugs. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, looking you plug. I plug you, you plug other people, right? And we're leaving Emily out. Emily's incredible. If you want to talk about nutrition and life, being a mom, Emily's the plug. I I I love it. And you guys, I believe we were talking about this in our meeting today. You're cur- currently cooking up uh, a special program for uh pregnant women post pre I mean what what can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so the so Proclivity has a 30-day dumbbell program which is awesome. Love it. If you want access to it, hit us up. We'll get it to you. Um I'm going through that and changing it up just a little bit uh for pregnant women. So including modifications for each for a pregnant woman in each trimester. Um so that'll be done here in a couple of weeks. And we'll get that out to you guys. So if you're somebody who's pregnant or uh, you're going to be pregnant soon and you want just a quick 30-day dumbbell movement um, with a little bit of guidance, that'll be available. Oh, that sounds... So what I'm hearing from you is like, you're creating a program that has trimester one, two, three. That could be something as a primary exercise program, or it could be a, a secondary, even tertiary. Maybe it's like what you were talking about in terms of... Hey, the days that I'm feeling really smoked, um, all I need is two dumbbells in the corner and I can get something done. Yeah. I mean, before pregnancy, during pregnancy, all you need is two dumbbells in a corner (laughs) to get your movement in. So, uh, but especially in pregnancy, we want to, you know, take away those barriers to working out. And so, you know, if you have the corner in your living room or your kitchen or your garage gym or wherever it may be. Um, yeah, you can get that, get that movement in. And, uh, yeah, that's something that we all feel super strongly about of how can we make it easy for people to get their movement in for the day. And that applies for pregnancy as well. Best day ever. Best day ever. Two, two of my favorite peoples on one podcast. The internet's going to completely fall apart. Is there anything else, ladies, before we, before we close this out, is there anything else that, that you want to add in here or put a bow on or cap off? Emily, I'll start with you and Shelby, we'll, we'll close it out with you. Yeah. Now, no matter where you're at, now's the time to stop comparing yourself to others. Um, whether that be with, uh, oh, I heard so-and-so, she's pregnant. She's still running. I stopped running at the second trimester did not feel good, but I knew other people who kept running. It was fine. Right. So it's practice for when you have a child, because I found myself comparing myself to other moms with children. Like, Oh, he's not developmentally there. Like that child isn't the same age. Right. Same idea gets passed along. So, so be aware of that part right now and start practicing it. I love it. Shelby put a bow on it. Yeah. I think that, uh, I second what Emily said, like I said earlier, what works for you is going to be completely different than what works for even maybe your best friend who's pregnant at the same time. You know, um, it's super individual, independent. Um, my last piece of advice is to, uh, just keep researching and keep digging into things and don't take things at face value because you're going to get a lot of, um, a lot of quote wisdom and science at face value. And you need to take the ownership of, of really diving in and saying, um, do I believe this? Do I see this as true? Do I see this, uh, as being important in my life? So yeah, take responsibility for the things that you're learning and the things that you're um, taking in and believing and, uh, and compare yourself to just you. Internal to external, the proclivity way. 
You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you are a new listener, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're a longtime listener, thank you so much uh, for your continued support. If, if you guys are interested in learning more, we are all here and readily available to you. You're more welcome to go to www.proclivity.co to find out more about proclivity, the proclivity method, what we do. It's life changing. And now Shelby is changing lives of others. And it's, this is, this is the game. This is the game. We change lives. Everybody else change lives. It's an incredible thing. Thank you for showing in and tuning in episode 126. This is legit. Episode 127 is going to come and be coming at you just next week. So make sure to tune in yet before then. And as always, best day ever. Best day ever. Best day ever. It's the end of the podcast and we have a question. It's a question I haven't even thought of. So I'm just going to let the mind pull something up out of seemingly nowhere. <laughs> and here it is. You had two options. You either could, for the rest of your life, you had shoes that had laces or no shoes with laces. You had to pick one or the other. So like if you were going to do running, you didn't, you wouldn't have laces. You wouldn't have like exercise shoes that had laces, no laces. So you could be able to, a laced person for the rest of your life or an unlaced person for the rest of your life. You couldn't choose in between the two. What would you do? Unlaced. Unlaced. Emily? Yeah. So it's, it's either, it's no shoes or shoes essentially. No, no, no. Just laced, laced shoes. So you'd be like the Velcro girl. Right? You'd have to find Velcro shoes to work out in. You wouldn't be able to tie your shoes ever again. Laces or no laces? Are you confused about it? Can you take the laces off? Like, can you take your shoes off? <laughs> I'm still Did confused. you just ask if you can take your shoes off? <laughs> I thought you said like you can have shoes the rest of your life with laces or no, I'm, yeah. And we're getting there. We are getting there. Okay. You can take your shoes off, Emily. You definitely can. You either have shoes with laces or no shoes, like any shoes, either have laces or no laces. So like Birkenstocks would be forever gone because they don't have laces. If you chose laces. Mm. Gosh. Okay. That's so interesting. <laughs> That's the point of it. <laughs> no laces then? No laces. Could you imagine like going out? And you're getting into some heels and they have to have laces. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought for ladies. Like for guys, we could get away with it. I could lace everything. I, as a guy, I would choose laces through and through, all the way through, right? Because my dress shoes are going to have laces. My workout shoes are going to have laces. Most of my shoes are going to be laces. But for girls, it makes sense. It's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's good. All right. Well, you guys, if, if you want, head into the reviews, put whether laces or no laces. And if you have something nice to say about Shelby, do that too. Until next time, we'll see you guys.